0: Hello, and welcome to I Missed It. I'm Chase, and I'm here with Ryan. Hi. So, it's understandably been a minute. Yes, it has. Um, So I guess the first thing that we're going to address... uh, Ryan, how are you doing? I am surviving.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Every day is still very hard. Um, But I've got a really good support system around me. I've got family... Um, and I've got our two kids to take care of, so it's good to have other things to focus on for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, in the long run, I'll be okay, but it's a long, long road
0: ahead. So for, uh, for those who are listening later or just kind of need a reminder of like kind of the timeframe that we're working with, it's been about three months since Brittany passed and, Mm -hmm. um, We are going to talk about what comes next because you may notice this episode is maybe a little long for a normal just kind of check in just to see what's going on and what's coming up next. Uh, It's because that Ryan and Brittany actually had some backlog um, and we are going to be putting those out for you all uh, so that we have that out there in the ether that the work that she did does not go unenjoyed. Um, they will be coming out both this and next week is that right Ryan? I believe that that's the plan yeah they're
1: all edited and ready to go we just gotta Great. get them all finalized and released so yes in true uh, in true stage manager fashion Brittany was uh, very on top of making sure we always had another episode or two in the can just in case uh, and I'm very very grateful to have had uh, had more of her voice to listen to So, uh, we do have two more. Uh, so the first one will be, uh, Buffy season three, episode six, uh, which is band candy, which is just a weird episode. It's basically (laughs) Buffy, but Grease and all the parents, uh, eat the bad band candy and they, uh, turn into their, the teenage version of themselves. It's a good time. (laughs) Anthony Stewart head is basically just John Travolta from Grease, but also if he was in like... Peaky Blinders or something like it's okay. weird, and I'm here for it. All right, I don't, all right, all right. I don't remember if I was here for it the first time, but the rewatch has been interesting. Um, and then we also have uh, the following episode seven, Revelations, uh, where we were just starting to get into all of the Watcher lore. We meet another Watcher. Uh, there's a lot more faith. There's a lot more Slayer stuff, um, and it was just starting to ramp up, and that would have been the last episode that we watched. So uh, on that note, um, uh, not going to continue with the Buffy rewatch um, because it's no longer a rewatch for me. Uh, so um, yeah, we're going to move forward with the show at some point, probably in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got some ideas. I've got some thoughts. Chase and I have been talking about some things. Oh Yeah. So, the show will continue uh in one form or another uh and then hopefully one day um you know maybe me and the kids will sit down to watch Buffy and talk about it and finish what Mom started uh you know that can be a pipe dream later down the road uh all of the back catalog as I'm thinking of the first what forty four episodes of this show at this point yeah uh will remain up and on this feed um, in perpetuity uh and we will move forward. Uh, with a slightly different format, mm-hmm. um, still focusing on um, some shows or films that maybe i haven 't seen yep. um, and bringing some friends along for the journey uh, but we will get back to that later so um, stay on the uh, I missed it Twitter and the ghost like Twitter and i 'm sure we 'll have more information coming eventually here um, but for now, uh, enjoy uh, Buffy the vampire Slayer <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to "I Missed It," the podcast where we watch and talk about a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan, and I missed it.
2: And I'm Brittany, and I didn't.
1: And this is Buffy season three, episode seven, Revelations. Not to be confused with the book. I didn't know there was a book of the Bible.
2: Oh, I thought it was like an actual book. Book. I was like, I've never heard of that book.
1: It's about a similar amount of uh, death, destruction, foreboding, horribleness.
2: You know, like you do.
1: End of the world stuff. Okay. With some help from Faith's new watcher, Buffy seeks to destroy a weapon-like glove before it falls into the hands of a demon. Weapon-like glove. (laughs) That thing calls lightning. Yeah. I think it's a weapon.
2: Yeah. I would. I would agree.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to give this one an 8.5. It's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Probably... Uh, Knowing the twist already that uh, Gwendolyn Post is bad, uh, maybe doesn't help the rewatch.
2: No, because anytime she was on screen, I was like, oh my God, go away. Shut up.
1: (laughs) I was excited to see another watcher, to see someone from this uh, fabled council that has no reason to exist.
2: I'm so ready for Wesley.
1: And learn more about this lore and this world and this everything. And we're getting close to the halfway point of season three, and they haven't done it yet.
2: We'll get Wesley so soon. That's what I'm ready for. I just need Alexis Denisoff to come.
1: He'll be here, eventually.
2: Because we get a lot of that with him when he comes.
1: All of the Slayer lore and Mm -hmm. how everything works and... Yeah, he comes after
2: Buffy's birthday, which means probably after the halfway through the season.
1: Gotcha. Well, IMDB gives this one an 8.3, which is actually lower than some of the other episodes of this season. It's Mm -hmm. lower than the last one, which is whatever. (laughs) So how well did you remember this?
2: I mean, I remembered basically everything. Well, I should say I remembered basically everything as it was happening. Like, if you said, what is this episode about? I could have been Mm -hmm. like... Gwendolyn goes bad. <laughs> Faith has a new watcher. She's bad. And she steals the glove. And yeah. at some point, they find out about Angel. I like, couldn't remember. And then as soon as Xander walked into the crypt, I was like, oh my <laughs> god! It's this happening, happening now.
1: It's all happening. So we got several things to talk about. Everybody knows about Angel now. Mm-hmm. Um, Faith has a new watcher who is uh, dead by the end of the episode, as happens in Buffy. Yeah. Uh, but it does not do anything good for Faith's uh mental status. No. Giles is done with Buffy.
2: Oh, that was so good.
1: Anthony Stewart had remains incredible. Uh Xander got mad but made sense this time. Yeah. And I had a very, very hard How I Met Your Mother flashback to um Lily hosting interventions. Oh. Because there's an intervention in this episode where they confront Buffy about Angel uh, and everything is kind of going all over the place. But Willow is very intent on the rules of intervention be respected. Yeah. Which is a bit they do in How I Met Your Mother. That's a whole episode about it. They reference it a lot. Yeah. I I greatly enjoyed that. I was a little sad that that was happening and occurring to me. During this incredible scene.
2: Yeah.
1: I was like, oh, this is hilarious. Oh, this isn't funny. Hold on.
2: Yeah. One thing that I noticed is I know that you've mentioned it or they mention it that Faith has a tattoo and I saw it in this episode and it is, they have to, the people that wrote Bring It On and cast Eliza Dushku as Missy and Bring It On had to have been watching Buffy. Because that's the only thing that makes sense. Because Missy draws on her arm the exact same tattoo that Faith has in Buffy.
1: That's hilarious.
2: Yeah, because she goes, "Oh, tattoos are forbidden," and then she like licks her middle finger and then does that to her arm, or like gets it off her arm and says, "I was bored in fourth period," and it's just um like Sharpie.
1: Gotcha. And so but, it's just a joke. Yeah, it's, it's a like, joke that Buffy. Explains. Yeah,
2: it's the exact same tattoo that Faith has.
1: It's. Pretty good. Yeah. So the opening of this episode might be one of the best openings they've done. Cause it was tight and it was clean mm-hmm. but they did a lot with it in the opening like four or five minutes they got the requisite amount of jokes in they gave us just the scooby gang without buffy which they're starting to do more and more because they need to and we got enough of the backstory uh rehashed so that everybody knew where we were uh we in- reintroduced faith in a almost adultish manner mm-hmm. uh and then then there's a fight and then they introduce another character, and all of this happens pretty seamlessly before the title sequence. Yeah. It was very tight. It was very good.
2: Yeah, because when they're fighting, I distinctly remember that back-to-back state game.
1: It was very good, and I'm sure it cost them a lot of money to do that.
2: Probably. There were, the issue was that Buffy got to her um, mark before Faith yeah, did. Yeah, <laughs> and had to hold on for
1: just enough that you could see her hesitate. Yeah. And nothing happened, and you're like, oh, I understand what's happening. Yeah. I see what's happening. She hit
2: her mark too early. But it was apparently the best that they could do.
1: Well, you're probably only shooting that so many times.
2: Probably. Um, I do remember Xander and Willow being all spazzy around Cordelia and Oz. Yes. Like they have been.
1: And then Giles catches them, but does not catch them.
2: Yes. Almost catches them. He catches them with his back.
1: Yes. And his glasses are not on. No. So we are led to believe that Giles does not know. Yeah. But they play with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Willow does nearly confess to Buffy. Willow has a running theme throughout that secrets are okay. It's okay, Buffy, because Willow doesn't want people to be mad at her when her secret comes out. Uh, which is fun. Yeah. And it he gives her something to hold on to.
2: Mm-hmm. I enjoy that seamless, like her monologue, where she's like, "I wanted to be the first to tell you that there's a demon behind you." Like she, it was like very seamless. Good.
1: It didn't change in the slightest. Mm-hmm. And then Buffy immediately reacted, had the fight. Buffy again should be dead because the demon bro- should have broken her in half, or the vampire, or whatever that thing was. Yeah,
2: Lothos or L-
1: whatever. close, low yeah, wh- whoever that guy was. Not a vampire though.
2: No, he's a demon
1: because he was not staked.
2: No, she cut his head off.
1: Yes. We have our angel sighting about eight minutes in. He is still doing Tai Chi or whatever. Yoga, maybe, but it's not quite yoga. It's something else.
2: Yeah, it's not yoga. I'm going to keep
1: calling it Tai Chi until I'm corrected. Um, this time, uh, he is side-by-side uh, side with uh, Ballerina Buffy, Yeah, uh, which is her whenever she's wearing spaghetti straps and has her hair up. Yeah. She just <laughs> looks like a ballerina. Mm-hmm. That happens. It did take Xander pointing out that kissing is bad for world-ending reasons by Xander later on in the episode for me to go, oh, right. Mm-hmm. It's not just teenaged angst, right? Okay, thank you.
2: Yeah, because kissing leads to things, and things end the world.
1: Apparently, if you'd send the Buffy verse.
2: I mean, just for Angel, like anybody else can kiss and lead to things, and it's fine.
1: Just with Angel. Just with Angel. Um, but Angel is in the majority of this episode. Yes, he keeps showing back up. He tries to get rid of the glove. He gets hit over the head by. Uh, the Watcher post.
2: Gwen. Gwen.
1: Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn post.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Hits him with a post. Um, I
2: think it's a shovel. It's a
1: shovel, but it's a (laughs) wooden, long wooden thing. Uh, And then he goes vampire, and then there's a whole fight, and he's trying to get rid of the glove, and then he fights Faith briefly, which was really cool to see that finally happen, and then he does save Willow.
2: He does save Willow. About the angel and Faith fight, When she goes to attack him the first time, she literally, with her entire body, jumps into David Boreanaz's chest and bounces back, and it was the best moment. It was great. Because you can literally see that it was Eliza Dushku jumping into David Boreanaz's. Yes,
1: it was clearly the shot with the two of them and not their stunt doubles, and they kept that shot, which hopefully bears well moving forward of, hey, they can start doing some of their own things a little bit more. Mm -hmm. It's been three years. Yeah. Well, not for faith, but. Yeah,
2: I know David Boreanis does a, a lot, especially in Angel.
1: And we can tell when he doesn't. Yeah. Because of the hair. <laughs> Throughout most of this episode, many people want to kill Angel. Understandably so, because he did kill a lot of people
2: and torture Giles. And
1: torture Giles and killed Miss Calendar. Yeah. Like, it's very, very understandable why everyone would want Angel to be dead. Yeah. Yes, we're sorry, Buffy, that you're sad that Angel's dead and that you had to do that, but it's better that way.
2: Right. Like, I like Angel. I love Angel. I want David Boreanaz to be in it all the time. Like, I'm pumped for Angel. But, like... But
1: it all makes sense. Yes.
2: And Xander... I love that Xander is the one to point it out, because then it gives Buffy a reason to push back because she thinks that Xander's only pointing it out because he's jealous but everybody else knows that he's not pointing it out because he's jealous he's pointing it out because it makes sense yeah he's
1: also finally moved past that
2: yes and, he, and you can feel that this time
1: yes yes he's he's just done
2: yeah you can you can see it you can feel it, and hear it with Nicholas Brendan that he is no longer saying any of this out of even a slight jealousy
1: yeah it's not happening it's because it needs to be said, and it has to be said. And mm-hmm. Xander as a character, especially this season, has really started like yelling and getting mad about things. Mm-hmm. Because he f- feels like he has ownership over it now, I guess. I don't yeah. know. But usually he starts yelling about things, and the first thing he says makes sense, and then he keeps going and he should have stopped. Yeah. Is how it's written. hmm And that's not what happens in this episode. No. Everyone... They sit Buffy down, and they try to be calm about it, and emotions bubble over, but everything that everyone else says is 100% accurate, and Buffy is completely in the wrong.
2: Yes, she is.
1: Like, without question.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, I understand why Buffy's keeping it, because she knows everyone's gonna be pissed.
1: Yes, but the longer you keep it, the more upset everyone is, and then she tries to come up with things and throw things back. At people during that conversation. And eventually says to uh, Xander, you're just looking for an excuse to get rid of him. Or an excuse to hurt him or whatever. And Xander says, I don't need an excuse. I have a reason. He murdered a lot of people.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, they do repeatedly call Angel a murderer Mm -hmm. in this. Which I don't know if they've actually done that before.
2: I don't think so. Because they talk
1: often about people dying or... You know, this demon killed a bunch of people. Or back in the day, Angelus did this awful stuff. But they directly call Angel, not even Angelus, but Angel, a murderer.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to guess, just based on my brief... I shouldn't say brief, but, like, my knowledge on the term serial killer is that in the late 90s, it's still really new. Yeah. Like, it's the term serial killer, I think, was... Coined in the very late 70s or early 80s. I don't remember which one.
1: Yeah, it feels strange to use it here because it's a fantasy yeah. show. But it's not
2: yeah. inaccurate. It's accurate.
1: It's a good description. They won't use it. No. Because uh, <laughs> because that character is about to get his own TV show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't call him a serial killer and then we're, give him a, his own show.
2: We're not at Dexter level yet. No.
1: <laughs> this is also not HBO. No. Not in the slightest.
2: No. Well, Showtime.
1: Or Showtime. Yeah,
2: Dexter's on Showtime. Showtime. They're kind of the same. They're thing. basically the same thing. Um, We got a full scene with Xander and Faith, just Xander and Faith.
1: That was so good. Mm -hmm. It was so good. I wrote down that it's the friendship I didn't know I wanted, right? But it's great. But also, it's a good amount of character growth on Xander's part that he does this and he has this whole conversation, and he never, like, there's no lewd comment. There's no, like, he doesn't give her a once-over. Like, none of that happens. Mm -hmm. Like, he just looks her in the eye and they talk Mm -hmm. angrily. But they talk, and they get along, and they make plans. Yep. Uh, which Xander doesn't do. No. Uh, I guess he does now. But Right. I mean, if
2: he's mad enough, I suppose. It makes sense.
1: Yeah. But it was a good scene. It was a good scene. And they're two characters that kind of get along together, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Faith is not here forever, but...
2: Yeah, I mean, she kind of pops in and out of both Buffy and Angel for the rest of it.
1: Yeah, Eliza Dushku is too good to be a bit role on a show for too long. Yeah. Speaking of Eliza Dushku, uh, her accent started wandering. And by accent started wandering, I mean she didn't have an accent until this episode. And even then, she doesn't have it for the whole episode. You can just hear it in parts. Mm-hmm. At times, I thought she was trying to do some sort of New York thing. hmm or, like, at the end of her sentences, uh, I think... She got I,
2: lazy? She got
1: lazy with it. Eventually, I think I settled on it sounded Bostonian. Yeah. Especially at the end of the episode. It really sounded Bostonian, because she was getting lazy with some of her lines and uh, the delivery of them, and kind of the voice was falling off or she was slipping into something else at the end of lines. By yeah. the end of the episode, it was more prevalent throughout an entirety of the line.
2: Yeah. She sounded Canadian. <laughs> Because she is Canadian. Because she
1: is. Right? And sometimes that just shows through, especially when you're doing a TV show.
2: Yeah. It's a lot
1: harder to hide your accent or do a good accent repeatedly and all the time.
2: Unless you're Freddie Highmore.
1: (laughs) Unless you're Freddie Highmore. (laughs) But that's not even an accent.
2: No, I mean, he's American. I
1: mean, it's, it's in, yeah, but it's he's... I assume you're talking about Good Doctor. Yeah,
2: because he's British. Yeah,
1: he's British, but it's not even so much... An, he is doing an accent, but it's...
2: Because he's American, but he's So awesome. much more than that. Yes.
1: And it's all tied together.
2: Yeah, he's doing an American accent as...
1: While playing in autistic savant. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I like that comparison as much because so much of that voice is in the cadence of that voice that he does and does very, very well and very, very consistently it's so intrinsically tied to his mannerisms and his character Mm -hmm. that it it, it feels different. It's not someone doing a voice. It's not someone doing an accent. It's more than that because it has to be.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, actors on TV shows who lose their accent or do an accent in a TV show. I'm more thinking, I guess, like, Julian McMahon on Charmed. He is Australian, but he's one of those Australians who has, like, a slight... Australian accent Mm -hmm. and on charmed, he has none. Mm -hmm. But when he talks in real life, you can hear it slightly. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Dominic Purcell, too. Like, Dominic Purcell is Australian. If he's on a TV show at all, he does not have it. If you listen to him actually talk and listen real closely, you can hear it.
1: Hugh Laurie is another good example. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. He's very British, and no one believed him to be British once he started playing house.
2: Yes. I forgot.
1: No. He, yes. And he kept that up mm-hmm. for every episode, every day, for seven years. Is that how long that show was? Eight years? Eight. Eight. and It's impressive.
2: And from what I understand, he easily dropped the accent between takes.
1: Yes. We watched that uh, behind-the-scenes outtakes thing from the last season, and he would be it's in character, or in costume, rather, in-between takes or whatever goofing yeah. around and his natural voice came back and it yeah. just flipped on and off. I mean, when you're doing that every day for eight years, yeah, that becomes a little easier right. to do.
2: And there's characters on Buffy who are American mm-hmm. who do British accents, like James Marster's a spike mm-hmm. and then um, when we get Alexis Denisoff Wesley is British and I believe Juliet Landau is not actually british
1: that's what i was looking up.
2: i think she's american
1: yes uh yeah and juliet landau is american she's from la so there yeah. you
2: go yeah so we have quite a few who are american doing british accents
1: yeah especially on this show
2: mm-hmm <laughs>
1: favorite line I've got two
2: yeah mine are two different people say them um so Buffy says seems like an interesting lady can we kill her and Giles says I think the council would frown upon that
1: they would apparently but we don't know because we don't know what the council does yeah. where do you keep the rest of your books what do you mean the rest of your library <laughs> she says to Giles in the middle of the library yes very good. Uh, also, at the end, Oz says, sounds like we missed a lot of fun. And Xander, very quickly, with no hesitation, says, then we're telling it wrong. <laughs> yes. It was very good. Very, it very is. good.
2: I really wish we would get more Oz and Xander interaction, because I feel...
1: Feel like we're gonna.
2: I feel like it would be Just very not positive. good. Yeah, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I know that comes to light very, very soon.
1: Yeah, there's only so much longer that they but. can stay with that. It's really with a thing that th- these relationship things are really what's driving the first half of the season, mm-hmm. which is good because you need something that you can get through in a couple of episodes
0: mm-hmm.
1: while still working on the big behind this, uh, the big bad of the whole season. Yeah, and that can be la- the groundwork for that can be laid, and then.
2: Yeah, they're you know, starting it now. Yeah,
1: the short-term stuff can pop off as we go, and then once we get over the halfway point, it's a dead sprint to the end. Yeah. In theory, we'll see. You know, just another Tuesday night in Sunnydale. I'm. You. T- you told me that the show was on Tuesdays. Yes. Which is why they make jokes about Tuesday night.
2: Yeah, there's okay. another episode in um season six, the musical episode where they say somebody was kidnapped. Must be Tuesday.
1: Makes sense. Was Angel also on Tuesdays? Uh,
2: no, I think Angel was on Wednesdays, but I don't know. I don't think they were on the same not day. Not the same
1: night. It was not I back to I don't think back.
2: so. Well, there was one point in which they were on two different networks. Right. Where Buffy moved to the UPN because of negotiations on the WB, but Angel was still on the WB. Like, there's a full season where I don't think anybody from Buffy or Angel appears on the other, the other because so, they're on different yeah, networks. They
1: can't, yeah, sure. And
2: we briefly talked about Angel doing the spell. And is this the first time that we've seen Angel do a spell?
1: Yes. He starts doing the ritual. He doesn't finish it, but we see things happen and then
2: uh, it, it was watch just post so it shows up. Yes, it was just Angel doing Latin. It made me feel at home <laughs> because he does so much of it in Angel.
1: Okay. See, I thought... I was
2: like, oh, but it's so familiar. It
1: was a strange shot for the start of it. It was above his head, so I couldn't see the outline of his hair. Yeah. So I didn't know it was him. So it was a shot up and then moved down, and we eventually saw his face. With that over-the-top shot, I legitimately thought Ethan Rain was back, (laughs) and this was why he was in the last episode. Gotcha. So that he was back here, and oh, look, this... Crazy dude's about to do some enchantment and is working with Gwendolyn Post and Mm -hmm. they're trying to get the glove. And I thought that was going to be this whole connection and through line. And then it was Angel doing magic. Yep. So Gwendolyn Post is bad and that's the whole thing. But finally, someone actively critiquing Slayer Technique. (laughs) Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Except she was bad, so... That's how TV shows work. She was bad. Nothing she said is valid.
2: Well, she was a watcher. They said that. Yes,
1: but she was bad, so nothing she says or does is valid.
2: Yeah. It's fine. We get, we get Wesley soon, and he'll do the same thing.
1: Good. <laughs> Needs to happen. Um, oh, I was going to say, during the Buffy Angel Tai Chi thing, the director for this episode really used their height difference well. Yeah. Like, he made a point of showing it and using it to their advantage. So they almost had a, a ghost moment at one point. Uh, Angel was behind Buffy and showing her how to move yeah. it and everything. But they, they really used it well in that moment, which is not something TV does often. Right. So I wanted to point it out. So long as the big, bad, dark object is wrapped up in a cloth, it can't hurt anyone. And we know this to be true from video games. So sure. good job. All video games, all fantasy. It's such a trope. Here's the evil thing, the big bad evil thing. It's so bad. Don't touch it. Okay, can I just wrap it in this really disgusting old rag? Mm-hmm. Yep, because it won't touch your skin, so you're perfectly safe. Yeah, let's go.
2: Right, and he told Buffy not to touch it, but because when you put it on, you can't take it off.
1: That's not the same thing as touching
2: I know. It. She wasn't going to put it on. She was going to touch it.
1: Well, maybe it's possessed.
2: Yeah, she was like... He, he She said, no touch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was not what he said.
1: No, not what he said. In the slightest. Uh, there's a lot of fighting at the end. It's m- all very good. And then it leads up to the best shot and one of the best practical effects I've done on this show. Um, Gwendolyn puts the glove on and calls the lightning straight down through the glass ceiling because, of course, there is. Uh, it shatter And then the Glass ceiling shatters, and they did a practical effect where it shattered, and they shot her face reacting to it, and they showed the glass hitting her yeah, and doing nothing to her. It was a really, really good shot. It was very, very quick, but it's an incredible practical effect that I'm sure took a lot of time to figure out, which was immediately followed by the worst killing yet. (laughs) Buffy picked up something.
2: A piece of glass. A
1: piece of glass. That was
2: very thick and probably not very sharp because it then was so thick.
1: kind of threw it. Yeah. And it magically took off Gwendolyn's arm perfectly right above the gauntlet. Yeah. And then it was very quick cutaway shots of, oh, boom, boom, boom. This is all happening. This is all done. And then they did an incredible CGI effect of her, like, crisping and being destroyed by lightning. And that was really good. But they had this incredible... Episode. honestly, all the way until that moment. And then like, oop, I've got glass on the floor. I'm going to throw it yeah. in your direction, cut the glove off, and now you're dead.
2: Right. I wish it would have just, it would have been like a knife or um, a dagger or even like a smaller piece of glass that was clearly sharp. Because what she picked up was really thick. Which means you're not going to cut anything on it unless you um, like hit the edge. Yeah, and you that have hit was,
1: it perfectly. Yeah. And it's not gonna work. It just doesn't work.
2: No. It looked like plastic. Yeah, but it me. we
1: can't have our heroes be actively trying to maim someone, even if it is the thing that makes sense to do. Yeah. They can't have Buffy and Faith planning, like, you distract her, I'm gonna cut off her arm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you can't have your hero say that. No. Not in 1998 on TV. No. You can now because uh, Avengers and Thanos established it. Just get the glove off. It's fine. Yeah. But... It felt like they wrote themselves into a corner and then just kind of went, oh, boop, done.
2: Mm -hmm. It's frustrating. Yeah.
1: And you know this was a great couple of days on set for all of these stunt doubles Yeah. that got to fight each other more than they ever usually do and got to go full speed. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that was a good couple of days.
2: Right. Yeah, because it was three of them specifically, because it was Buffy, Angel, and Faith's stunt doubles. Yes.
1: Because Buffy and Faith fought for a while.
2: Yeah, it was a good fight too. Which I'm wondering actually how much they let Eliza Dushku do. Because when they show her at the end and they show that they're both beat up and whatnot, um, it looks like she's actually hurt. Because she's in that bed and she's not really moving.
1: Yeah, she's not really moving. And and
2: her face is swollen.
1: Yeah, it looks like maybe she fell or tripped or something happened.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, it looks like almost like her. she got her wisdom teeth out.
1: That's a good analogy, yeah. Uh, Anthony Stewart Head is an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. And this has been the Anthony Stewart Head is an incredible actor segment.
2: Yes. The, the disappointed Giles is disappointed is. Oh,
1: man it was so good because mm-hmm. it's right after the intervention scene which is already good and everyone brings their game. Yeah. Giles goes back into his office, everyone kind of leaves. Buffy follows him and Buffy was trying to like make nice and Giles is done. Yep. He but tells he, he, he tells her to shut up, while well, he doesn't say shut he up. He
2: said be quiet. He says
1: be quiet and Giles is not firm ever. So Mhm. He's incredible because it was it was even better because he's built this character so specifically That as soon as he does something slightly different, it grabs you. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's so nuanced. It's so good.
2: But he doesn't yell, which is what I liked about it. Is that we've seen Giles yell when he's mad. Mm -hmm. But he was mad and he did not yell.
1: No, he's past it. Yeah. A step beyond yelling. Yep. It's, It's beyond, I'm going to... Yell at you so you understand how angry I am. It's, I'm going to stay calm and rational because I want to hurt you. Yeah. And I know this will.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was so well done. Um, we do get Gaelic used as uh, what is used to call the lightning down. Mm-hmm. And with the gloves. So that was interesting to have a different language get used for magic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, which makes sense. Right. Um, but I think it's the first time they've done that on the show. Um and then I have uh one question. Okay. If there's only one slayer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: why is there a whole council?
2: I've always been confused about that. I understand why there's a council, I don't understand why there are multiple watchers who have slayers. What
1: do they do?
2: <laughs> right. I mean like the right
1: ca- now, nothing.
2: The council oversees all of the watchers.
1: Apparently they send memos too.
2: Yeah. To all of the Watchers. My confusion is why there are multiple Watchers with multiple Slayers.
1: Because there's not multiple Slayers until now.
2: Yeah, there's like the potentials. Like you're assigned a potential or you're assigned the Slayer, I guess.
1: So, if the Slayer is in California. Yeah. And she has been the Slayer for years now. Yes. And it's also over the Hellmouth, a Hellmouth.
2: They use it interchangeably.
1: big bad evil place right there and you have this entire uh, council of people who have devoted their lives to making sure bad things don't happen and protect the slayers and make sure that they are able to do their jobs Uh huh. why are they in england
2: i don't know they're all in england too
1: yes all of them why aren't they in california
2: apparently the best watchers come out of england (laughs) apparently because all of them are they're all british yeah
1: I don't understand. Don't understand. Mm-hmm. That brings us to our final segment, which is Ryan predicts poorly. I predict in the next episode, Xander's can punch Angel in the face. Okay. Because he didn't get any shots in this episode, and he probably really wants to.
2: I don't think that he did. He even like actually speak to Angel. Were they in the same room other than him spying?
1: No, I don't think so, because he stayed with Giles yeah. when he wasn't at that last fight. Yeah. So, so he hasn't had an opportunity nope. to punch Angel yet. So hopefully he gets it. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for us for this episode. Thanks for coming along on this uh, weird, twisted journey through <laughs> the mind of Joss Whedon. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at I Missed it Pod, and our network is ghostlightmedia at ghostlightmedia.net. Check out all the other shows Uh, our Patreon, and our merch store there. Uh, Our merch store is through TeePublic, and uh, if you don't like the price this week, check next week, because they often do sales, and they do not tell us ahead of time. We cannot give you a fair warning. (laughs) Keep checking.
2: Yes. Uh, Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen to us on. Are we on Stitcher? I heard Stitcher recently. We are on Stitcher. Okay, You can
1: listen to us there.
2: So go to Stitcher, too.
1: Yep. Uh, Also, Overcast, uh, but they don't have a rating system on that. Gotcha. That'll do it for Buffy Season 3, Episode 7, Revelations. I'm Ryan.
2: And I'm Brittany. And
1: don't forget that if this sounds like a lot of fun, we're telling it wrong. Yes. Completely. (laughs) This is not a fun show.